Good morning. It's a beautiful sunny in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to speak with April Beret of the Presidio San Agustin del Tucson Museum. We're going to find out about how the past 245 years have been going. More importantly, how the last couple of years have been going for the museum. Today is May 9th. Happy Mother's Day to all. My name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From May Mountain to U Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org. You can also head over to your app store and download the Downtown Radio Tucson app and take us wherever you go. If you want to get us on the show, our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. Our past episodes are housed on lifealongthestreetcar.org, and the podcast is available just about anywhere you can find a podcast. Or you can really just ask your smart speaker to play Life Along the Streetcar podcast, and it's going to pop up. We're going to start today's show with a little dining news. It's Mother's Day. It's quite possible that you are headed to or at brunch with uh, your family, celebrating the matriarch in your life. And if you are downtown, it's kind of bustling these days. seems the post-vaccine downtown era is starting to emerge, and we have more folks out and about. And we're going to start to see more of those restaurants expanding into open areas, mainly into the streets where the parking meters are. Uh, the city of Tucson has been working with the Downtown Tucson Partnership and Rio Nuevo to help some of the merchants that need more seating in a safe and uh, healthy environment to get it. Uh, you may remember that just after COVID hit, when there was concerns about the restaurants, the city allowed for some temporary easements uh, on the sidewalks. And uh, if you're downtown, they rerouted the traffic around those little outdoor cafes on the sidewalks. And it's gotten a little bit of a, a little convoluted because the pedestrians have to walk around the restaurant, which puts them into the street. There are ped rails up, but certainly it's not an ideal situation. So those organizations, downtown, city, and Rio Nuevo, have been working together to find a more streamlined version of this easement process so that the restaurants can move their cafes more permanently into the street. And Rio Nuevo has offered grants to some of these restaurants to help offset the cost since they spent so much on their temporary easement. Now that they're trying to do something a little bit more permanent, they uh, need, a, need a little help with the funding. So be on the lookout for a different type of downtown dining experience as we head into summer and fall. And speaking of a different type of experience, have you been to the Presidio Museum? The Presidio itself has been around since uh, 1776. And uh, the museum, about 10 years or so ago, uh, really came into existence as a place where you could go and explore our history and culture. Uh, it's on the uh, the site of the original Presidio, and there's quite a bit of history in there, and they, they do a Living History Days on second Saturdays. One was yesterday, and um, you know we've had them on the show before, but so much has happened 
and changed with COVID. We wanted to check back in, so we caught up just just recently here with uh, April Beret of the Presidium Museum to find out how uh, things are going and what we can expect here for the rest of the year. April Beret, Marketing and Sales Director for the Presidio San Augustine del Tucson Museum. Okay, now I know you haven't been there for the entire 245 years of the Presidio's existence. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. How, how long have you been with the, uh, with the museum? I have been here since 2012. What got you uh, connected? Amy, the executive director, and I actually went to the U of A together to get our master's degrees, and we kind of kept in touch after doing that. We both went our you know separate ways and worked our different jobs, and she called me one day um, and said, hey, what, what are you doing now work-wise? And I said, well, I'm kind of working from home, you know, doing this and that, and she said, well, um, would you want to come and do some marketing for uh, the Presidio Museum? And I was like... Um, I thought that's really exciting. So I took my kids down there and it just happened to be a day after um, living history and some of the soldiers were there cleaning the cannon. And so they said, hey, kids, you want to help us clean this cannon? They thought that was fantastic. So <laughs> you were, you were hooked. So I was, yeah. Well, well, yeah. April, we share something in common then because this, this show, Life Along the Streetcar, was really launched because I found out after living in Tucson for, for many, many years about the second Saturday's living history of the museum and the canon. And I couldn't believe at that time that I had never known that that existed. And, right. and I started this entire quest to find out things I didn't know about Tucson. And it's, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's led to this show. So that canon. Oh, well, that's great. That canon, it has a lot of influence. But tell for us, sure. For those that are not as familiar, tell us about where you're located. And the, the, I know it's 245 years, but give us the condensed version of the history of the, uh, the Presidio. Okay. Uh, well, the museum is located on the northeast corner of the original Presidio, which was located where downtown, downtown Tucson is now. Um, and we're about, I think, two or three acres, whereas the original Presidio was 11 acres. So we're a much smaller, um, condensed version of what the Presidio would have been like. Um, for those who don't know, as you said, uh, there's also, there was a Presidio down in Tubac in the 1700s, late 1700s. And it was established there to protect the residents uh, of that area from um, raiding Apaches and and that kind of thing. And, of course, they were progressing northward, uh, the Spanish were, and, of course, taking over lands and that kind of thing. So they were protecting what they were basically taking. Um, But for them, the, the... Presidio and Tubac wasn't achieving the goals they were hoping that it would. So they decided to move a little bit further north um, into what is today's Tucson. And they chose the spot because it was right between um, the Catalina Mountains, the Rincon Mountains, and the Santa Cruz Mountains. And several of the Native American trails crossed through there. And they thought, well, if we build a fort right here, we can control the whole area and everybody in it. Um, which kind of worked, not exactly as they had hoped, but um, this happened in 1775. Or, yeah, in 1775, they decided that they were going to close um, Tubac and move it to Tucson. And so basically in 1776 is when the people started arriving in the Tucson area and founding the Presidio. And it was a Spanish fort until 1821 with Mexican independence. 
Um, so then it became a, a Mexican fort. And again, it was to protect the, the settlers in the area. There was a friendly Tohono Autumn community, um, and they thought that that was beneficial. It was close to the Santa Cruz River, which gave them you know water and ways to plant crops and grow crops for themselves. Um, so that was another beneficial reason for being there. And uh, it remained a Mexican fort until 1854 with the Gadsden Purchase when our area was purchased by the United States. Um, by the time the U.S. soldiers came out our way approximately two years later, there really wasn't much more need for the fort. And they didn't really ever live in it or or do much with it and uh it started to crumble of course and uh by 1918 the last standing portion of the actual wall was torn down however we believe that as more people moved into the tucson area and the downtown tucson area a lot of the homes we see like our gift shop uh was an actual home um probably used a lot of those bricks from the Presidio wall because they didn't have to make them. So it's probably still alive and well in several of the buildings we see today. We can't prove that, but you know how people were scavengers back then. They used anything they could. So um, it's, it's most likely that several of those bricks, like I said, are still holding up buildings in Tucson today. Well, the uh, 1776, that, a lot of things happening in our, our country at that time. Uh, but exactly. For Tucson, that was an important time because this really became uh, the, the founding of, of the city of Tucson, correct? Yes, I would say, yeah, in modern history, yes, you would look at it as European, yeah, definitely settling in the area and um, and bringing their influence for sure. And I know we still celebrate the, uh, the founding father, quote unquote, of Tucson. Uh, who was part of that mission, uh, and he had a very Spanish name. What was his name? <laughs> oh, yes, Hugo O'Connor, but they called him Hugo O'Connor. He was actually Irish and uh, had joined the Spanish army um, because they would take him. And so they, they sent him out this way and said, find a new place. Tupac's not working out. Find us a new place, for well, sure. Well, the, the, it came in disrepair, uh, but there's been a renovation. Obviously, uh, Amy and others have, have kind of brought this back on track. So uh, tell us a little bit about that, that, that uh, renovation process. Okay, yeah, well, obviously, the downtown Tucson area grew up around and the walls were torn down and that kind of thing. And um, it came to pass that some people said, hey, like you said, this is our history. This is something we need to remember. And where the museum is now used to be just a big parking lot. And uh, uh, Gail Hartman, who is Amy Hartman, our executive director's mother, and several other people, Rick Collins and others, um, have uh, formed the uh, Presidio Trust and they wanted to create a museum basically so that people could come and see what a portion of the, the Presidio looked like, see some living history activities, find out, you know, just kind of experience their history rather than read about it in a book or see it in pictures. Um, so they were able to convince the city to renovate that parking lot at the corner of Washington and Court. So let's let's move uh, that. So corner of if Washington and Court. If you're if you're not as familiar with Tucson, this is going to be in the general area of like the Tucson Museum of Art. Uh, right. You're you're a little bit on the on the northwest side of what we consider downtown. Uh, right. Down the street from uh, El Charo's uh, famous Mexican restaurant. Yes, and across the street from Old Town Artisans. 
So there's a lot going on in our area. Like you said, you, can, you could spend probably a whole day there and plenty of places to eat and, and lots of other things to do, too. Um, but anyway, so they, they, like I said, got the city to agree to renovate this parking lot. They excavated it. They actually found several pit houses in the area. Um, so we do have one of those on display in the middle of our, our fort there so people can see that history as well. That, that, um, that's not, I mean, that predates the... the uh, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That was when um, just Native Americans were living in our area and they were building their pit houses and farming along the Santa Cruz and, and doing all of that possibly back to 10,000 years ago. So, yeah, there's quite a bit of history that you can see there. Um, and so then, of course, they recreated the walls and, and they put in um, the, the people who lived in the Presidio. Basically, their, their rooms or homes were built right along the Presidio wall. That was one of their walls. So they recreated um, a home of both a, maybe a, a soldier with a family and then like a barracks just for the, the single guys. So we have that in there, too, that you can see. Um, we also have uh, what we call a Kamal. Um, which is like a grill where they would make the tortillas and things like that outside, of course, so that it wouldn't smoke up all the inside. And then at Orno, more like an outdoor oven where we bake bread and things like that, too, so that people can see how they cooked and, you know, how they live day to day, that kind of thing. We have a storeroom with uh, dried uh, gourds and and uh, wheat and that kind of thing to kind of exhibit how they might have stored some of their things. We also have a blacksmith um firing area where they can go and and watch the blacksmiths at work and most of this happens during our living history days we do try to have some small demonstrations going on when major events aren't happening um but uh everything tends to go on more when there's a living history day so anyway the city first was uh the owner of the both the land and the museum they were ran it and they put it in their parks and rec department which was okay but they tended to run it more like a park and we wanted well the presidio trust wanted to run it more like a museum so they uh, finally convinced the city to um give the management of the presidio over to the presidio trust so the city still owns the land and basically the the buildings um but the presidio trust manages the activities and and the economics well, we'll speak about some of those activities after the break, but I want to remind you that you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Speaking of unique, we're going to get back to our interview with April from the Presidio Museum and find out what unique adventures they have uh, in store for us over the summer and the remaining uh, parts of uh, 2021. We've done a lot more. Uh, we're still fighting, you know, as you and I have discussed before, the fact that we exist and that people don't know we're there. And so uh, I think we're getting better at that with more advertising and, and um, spreading the word, word, you know, word of mouth, of course, is always the best marketing. But doing things like this, talking to you on the radio, and, and we're just trying to get the word out there. Um, I think a lot of times, and this probably happens for a lot of attractions in Tucson, the smaller ones anyway, people who come to visit know more about uh, the smaller attractions than the people who live here, you know? So, yeah. well, so uh, and we're, we're kind of teasing uh, folks because we, we've, we both talked about living history days, the Canon and, and this whole uh, event that takes place typically on second Saturdays. But the, right. but uh, that last one was uh, it just uh, passed here in May and 
um, we're not going to have another one until October. Right. Yes. Un- unlike those tough Spanish and Mexican soldiers that lived here back in the day, we do not force our volunteers to wear wool uniforms in June, July, and August. <laughs> but, but they are, wouldn't do it anyway. <laughs> but but the, there are um, there are activities though. That, oh yes, so, yes, exactly. Yes, yeah, something happening over the summer. Summer has become, you know, quite an interesting uh, thing for us. We are running live summer camps, in-person summer camps this year. And um, it's last year was we did the same, and it was very successful. And, of course, you know, we're making the kids hand sanitize, wear masks, you know, social distance, that kind of thing. But they can still learn about the history and experience it and make adobe bricks and, you know, all of that kind of thing. Most of our uh, areas are outside. But, of course, when it gets warm in the afternoons, we bring the kids inside and do some calligraphy or whatever. Um, but uh, so, yeah, we're actually hosting four summer camps this year. Uh, two of one, one is a repeat of the other. It's basically an overview of Tucson's history called Live Tucson's History. And that's the first week of June, and then it repeats the last week of June. It's not something you have to go to both. You can choose either. Then we're also doing an archaeology um, summer camp where the kids will do some, you know, we'll set up like an excavation area where they can excavate and find different artifacts and that kind of thing and kind of map out, oh, I found this here and I found that there. So really great for kids that are into that kind of thing and finding out, you know, what, what you find in the dirt, what it tells you about your history. And then we're doing a new one this year that we haven't done before. It's a reenactment camp, actually. So the participants will come and dress in stand period uniform and learn uh, plays and dramas about historic events that actually happened with historic people in them. And so they'll get to reenact those, um, those, events and activities so um all of those i think the first the one the first week the live tucson history is the only one that sold out so we still have spaces and others um so we're doing that and because of that we're closed during the week in june on the weekends we're open so people can still come and see us we do close for uh the entire month of july and we're actually going to be closed until august 20th which is tucson's birthday the the day they say that hugo oconor said okay we're putting the presidio here um and so we'll open on tucson's birthday with some music and probably some food and nothing's been uh, signed in ink yet, but uh, we're planning that activity right now. And that kind of kicks off our whole fall season. And so then usually in September, we celebrate Mexican independence day right around the actual date. And then October, like you said, kicks off with living history on the second Saturday of the month. Well, we've got, we've got things for adults too. I know I've taken a couple of your guided tours. um, Yes. And those are those uh, you have like archaeologists and historians that lead those, correct? Yes, exactly. We um, for those who aren't familiar with the Turquoise Trail, it's if you've been downtown, you can see the blue line on the sidewalk. Basically, it's a a trail that uh, some of our board members created. Uh, when the museum was first getting started. And it highlights a lot of the historical aspects of Tucson. Um, What happened after the fort closed and they opened up a camp, you know, on the west side or the east side of downtown. And then finally eventually moved to Camp Lowell. Um, So it talks about that kind of thing as well as different areas of town that may have been, you know, red light districts or talking about the Pioneer Hotel and its big fire and pointing out where that happened. And um, just lots of different aspects of Tucson history 
It is led by some of our uh, top historians that are on our board and our volunteers at our uh, museum. And those have been very popular because, of course, they're outdoors. It's easy to social distance. We do ask people to wear a mask. And um, we just switched those to evening tours this month as it's getting a little bit warmer. Um, So those have been really popular. We limit it to about 14 people. And it's about a a two-and-a-half-hour tour and a 2.5-mile walking. So it's not... You know, it's certainly not a, a run or a race. It's a, an easy pace. And um, so that's that's one thing that we've been doing. We've also been Zooming our lectures this year. Um, and people really seem to like that, um, having that option, of course, especially now. And so uh, we've been talking about different famous uh, people in history and um, those famous areas about, you know, how the kids used to have to come out here because they had uh, breathing diseases. And so they had to come out and and go stay in places like Tucson because it was dry and those kinds of things. Um, Different historical people like John Behan and um, other railroad men who were famous at this time and all of that. So it's been really good. And those are only $5 and, you know, you log in on Zoom and you're good to go. We also, as you mentioned, for adults have a docent class coming up. That'll be in the fall. Uh, But there is a 10% discount if you sign up before May 16th. Um, and that's going to cover basically our docents are our lifeblood, right? They're the ones that do all of the living history and they, uh, provide the walking tours of the museum, uh, which we do both on Thursdays and Fridays for those who want to come, um, for sure. And then of course, if we have a docent on site and people arrive and they want a tour, they can do that as well. But we guarantee that we'll have a docent on site on Thursdays and Fridays. Um, so docents do a lot for us. Like I said, provide tours, they reenact things in living history and other events we do. Um, and so that class will start in September on September 11th and it goes for the next four weeks and, uh, covers, the history and geography of the area, um, basic Spanish military history and uniforms, um, introduction to our interpretive kits that you can pull out and say, hey, did you know that, you know, this white stuff, this cochineal on the prickly pear was once used as, or actually still is, used as uh, created dyes and used in food colorings and that kind of thing. And of course, to talk about the Presidio neighborhood and all of those kinds of things and history of the Native Americans in the area and how their interaction with the Spanish kind of kicked off our culture, like you were talking about our our multicultural uh, history. So it's a great broad overview. We, of course, hope that people will come and be docents after they take it. But there is also an option for those that are interested in just taking it for the knowledge of it. Um, And so people can find that information on our website. And we'll, we'll certainly link to that. It's uh, pretty simple. It's TucsonPresidio.com. We'll, we'll link right. to that from our Facebook page. And you know, one thing I, I did want to point out, the, the Turquoise Trail, although I would highly recommend taking it a couple of times guided because the, the different docents, the people that take you along there, they have different stories and they share right. different with different perspectives. So it's, it's definitely worth taking a couple of times. But if you don't have time when it's scheduled, the, the trail is listed on a brochure you can get at the museum. 
Exactly. Yes. And we also have an app now, too, through Vomond. So you can do it on your phone. Yes, exactly. So you just download the Vomond app and then you go in there and search for Turquoise Trail and it'll show up. And it's really neat because it knows where you are. So it'll say, "Okay, now next, you know, go up here like on a Google map, go up this way and turn right. That's the next stop. And then you get a little blurb about that stop. But yes, we also have for those who prefer a paper guide, we um, actually just reprinted and updated the turquoise trail guide there's a lot of construction as you know going on in downtown so we're trying to keep up with that a little bit but um yeah you'd self-guided and that's kind of nice because like you said if you don't have time to do the whole thing or oh i've already seen this part i want to see that part you can pick up and leave off wherever you like so and the self-guided yeah. version is uh, what i tell people uh, one of downtown's best dog friendly activities it is you're right exactly and we've had people even on the guided tours say can we take our dogs and sure as you know as long as they're on a leash and they're well behaved no problems so so much going on we're going to link over to uh to your website hope folks can uh, can check it out and but one thing i want to hit on before we leave because if i understand correctly you guys are so flush with cash you're not looking for any donations <laughs> or anything else. right yes oh yes that's always you know we're just so lucky no that's not true um <laughs> especially with you know lowered visitation and that kind of thing we will always take donations with love to and, um, and, you know, people don't even really have to take the docent class to volunteer at the museum. So um, there's information on our website, too, different volunteer opportunities. And just click on that support button and it'll tell you right there how to donate online or give us a call. Um, obviously, you know, we'll even take uh, gifts from people's wills and, and that kind of thing. Yes, any way people would like to donate to us, whether it's monetary or time, we would love to have it for sure. Well, 245 years worth of history. Appreciate you and all of the efforts uh, being done to to bring it back and, and just continue to grow it year over year. Absolute pleasure. We'll, we'll check back in with you later in the fall to uh, uh, maybe catch up with one of those Living History Days and um, you know just tell us what, what, uh, what we need to know. So just keep us in the loop. Otherwise... <laughs> I hope you enjoy the rest of your Mother's Day. And, oh, uh, thank you so much. I will. We will uh, we'll chat with you uh, down the road. Thank you so much. That sounds good. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate you having me. That was April Beret, Marketing Director over at the uh, Presidio Museum. Been in operation here for 10 or so years. Uh, been around for 245 years. Great place to check out. Highly, highly recommend the walking tours. Guided if you can. But if you just want to get an experience of downtown and a little exercise, the Turquoise Trail, just a self-paced tour. Fantastic opportunity. My name is Tom Heath. You're listening to Life Along the Streetcar, Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and streaming on downtownradio.org. Man, episode 150 just flew by. We'll stay tuned for uh, words and work coming up with Ted Ski as he interviews writers and others from the labor movement in just a few minutes. Going to leave you with a little music today in honor of all of our mothers, including mine. It's Alicia Keys, Wonder Woman from 2007 off the as I Am album. Have a great week and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar. <laughs>